broadcasting before and probably after the rapture. It's the Drew Marshall Show. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to the Drew Marshall Show. We're streaming live at drewmarshall.ca. We're live right here in Southern Ontario on Joy 1250. In the studio with uh, good friend Tal Bat... Wait, can I call you a good friend? Is that all yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Tal after, Bat- after last night. <laughs> okay, that, oh, yeah. That's not awkward. Uh, yeah. And uh, sort of a friend, uh, Lara Dewar, is also in the studio. Hello. Hello. <laughs> It's been great to have you folks, and got to jump right along to our next guest. And before I sort of read anything about this guest, because there are words even in his name I'm not sure how to pronounce, let's get him right on the air right now. I know it's Hilmer. Hilmer, can you hear us okay? I can hear you, yes. Good. Are you, um, let's talk about the pronunciation of your name. Is it Hilmer Orn Hilmerson? Am I, am I saying like, like the awkward Canadian guy? No, no, it's close enough. It's close enough. Yes. Okay, well, Hilmer is uh, the uh, uh, high priest, and again, we've got to talk about the pronunciation of, is it Asatru? Yes, close enough again. <laughs> no, I, 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 How do you say it? I would say Asatru. Asatru, okay. Okay, all right. Asatru. And, and where are you right now? What part of the world? I'm um, um, about 70 miles southwest of Reykjavik, in, in the, uh, out in the country. Uh, and 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 for those of you know people who never went to geography class, what country is that in? Uh, it's in Iceland. Okay, just checking. Wanted to make sure. Uh, I thought I thought I always thought that, that uh, Reykjavik was center of the, of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's uh, Shelburne, Ontario. That's the center of the universe. Uh, okay. Um, well, listen. Uh, the, the the reason you're on our show today, aside from you being the high priest of Asatru, which is Norse paganism, and that being very fascinating for us to hear about, um, my friend Tal here uh, said, "Look, if I'm going to come on your show, there's a few guys that, that would be interesting for me to interview, if if that's okay." And and your name was was in the list. And so I'd like to introduce the two of you. Tal Backman, this is Hilmer. Hilmer, Tal. Hello, Hilmer. Hi, hi. Okay. Uh, Tal, did you not say to me that your son would be so stoked about the fact we're chatting with this guy? Y- yes, he would be, but I can't get him on the phone right now, so I'm going to oh. have to do the interview myself. <laughs> Man. Um, yeah, should I, yeah, should go I start for in? It. Okay, so Hilmer, it's uh, great for you to be on the show. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Um, so I was intrigued about you and and this story because I happened to see on my my internet news feed the story of you building the first Asatru or pagan temple in Iceland in a thousand years. Is that is that true? That's true actually, yes. We started building uh, in April and uh, so we'll be finishing start October, November next year. So, which is in a way a historic moment because there's not been a pagan temple in Northern Europe since 1017. Wow. So it's going to be a big occasion. I mean, this is a pretty exotic guest for this show, right, Drew? This is a very exotic very exotic. Guest. He's calling from Iceland. Mm-hmm. I know. You okay. used to be the most exotic guest, and now it's Hilmer. Hilmer has beaten me. So, uh, so Hilmer, um, so we're in Canada. Most of us are Christian or kind of lapsed Christians. Um, can you can you tell us about Asatru? Well, I mean, this is the religion that was practiced in Northern Europe over a thousand years ago. And uh, but I mean, what happened was when Iceland became Christian, or nominally, nominally Christian, in the year 1000, uh, we still had the good sense to preserve the poetry and, and mythology. So, uh, I mean, first orally, and then uh, two centuries later, I mean, they, they were put, put down on, on parchment and, and, and skin. And so, I mean, nearly everything we know about 
Cool. So, so is the Asa true that you are are practicing or resurrecting right now? I mean, how how similar is that then to to this to the ancient version? I think it's pretty pretty similar because uh, I mean, what people sometimes seem to gloss over is that it's also a a set of ethics. I mean, it's not only mythology or, or cosmology. But also we have, have a wonderful poem called The Sayings of the High One, which are like stuff, uh, how to behave, how to be a good person, how to be a good friend, how to be a good guest, and how to be a good host. And these are things that are just as true today as they were a thousand years ago. Hmm. So in a way, I mean, we, we've, we've kept this intact, and, and I mean, our culture is... The in a way saturated with this because these sayings have never gone away. I mean, you, you will find these poems on, on Christian tombstones. Hmm. Okay. So we, uh, Lara is a, is a guest here on the show with me, and we were just chatting about your interview a few minutes ago before you came on air. And so w- we're, we're a little bit curious about some of the things that maybe <clears throat> are difficult for, well, at least they're difficult for me to believe might have been true of uh, Norse people a thousand years ago. For example, I was reading that you, Asatru, and you have sort of supported gay marriage rights in Iceland, and I'm, I tried to find any evidence that gay marriage was accepted a thousand years ago by Nordic people. I couldn't find any evidence. Is, is that, I mean, is that something that's new or different? No, I mean, if you read the poem Lokasen, where you have old and dressed up in women's clothing, banging a drum, and, and uh, there's lots of sexual innuendo in that poem. Hmm. You have Thor dressed up as a bride. I mean, I mean, he's a crossdresser in. in, in wow. In, uh, in, in <laughs> hold on, hold on. Wow. Did, did we just hear? Did did we just hear that Thor is a crossdresser? Not Thor. Yes. When when the occasion demands it. What? When yeah. He has to retrieve his. When the occasion demands it, I mean, he has to retrieve his hammer. So basically, I mean, the gods will do anything. I mean, in wow. Way, I mean, it's the cosmos going against chaos. Wow. Okay. I have another question then. I mean, what about, so So you would accept two guys that show up to the Asatru temple and they say they're married, or you, you might even perform the, the marriage, right? I would, I would do that. Okay. What about if a guy showed up with three women? Well, uh, polygamy and polyandry are not really part of, of our roots. I mean, so... Uh, I don't think I mean, that, that, that question will ever come up. Hmm. Okay. Okay, okay, so let me, let's me let just bring our... Uh, slow it down a little bit for the slower people in the group. That's why I'm here. Um, when people hear about Norse paganism and, and the fact that you're the high, high priest in this whole scene, right? everybody in North America goes right to Thor, they go right to Odin, they go right to the television shows and the movies and that sort of thing. The stuff that Hollywood has produced about these characters, does that drive you nuts? No. No, I'm, <laughs> okay. we're, we're pretty relaxed about these things. I mean, this is a tradition that has been, been uh, planted and appropriated for hundreds of years. I mean, the f- Richard Wagner was writing operas I mean, made from your stuff. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty used to it. Hmm. And, and you, um, you know... It, it, I get asked a lot of times, and over the years, because I've identified myself in past and and uh, even sometimes in present as a, as a follower of Christ, uh, people will say to me, "Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that stuff happened?" 
And so I want to ask you that same question. Do you do you really believe that these these characters are all, you know, legitimately uh, real? At the risk of not asking that question properly at all. I mean, I can only answer this in a personal way. I've been getting a lot of flack for not being a literalist. I mean, I don't believe in. in uh, I mean, the, the gods. I mean, exist in, in, in the image that they are portrayed in, in, in the old poems. But I certainly believe. I mean, they are manifestations of, of certain powers and, and cosmic influences. And I've, I've, I feel the presence of the gods. I, I've, I've lived my life. I mean, my adult life. I mean, according to these precepts. I mean, I've, I've, I mean, this is the, the religion that satisfies me. It, 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 it makes me whole. Hmm. It makes sense to me. So, so would it be fair to say then that that the image or the name of Thor just represents a, a particular type of of being or teaching or experience? It's, I think it's a bit more complicated than that, and it's it's a bit more complicated than talking about Jungian archetypes. Mm. I, I think, I mean, if you live in Iceland and 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 you you perceive nature to be alive like we have with our volcanic eruptions, like we have with the earthquakes. I mean, you, you're, you're humbled, I mean, constantly. I mean, you suddenly realize there's a, a greater power than you operating all around you, all the time. Hmm. So, I mean, that, that in a way, I mean, opens your eyes for, I mean, certain mystical aspects of life, which, why, I mean, the folklore and the belief in elves is so strong in Iceland. Uh, Hey, Hilmer, you, you, you wouldn't know this, but we have an entire room, a studio filled with people here, and we're all listening and uh, intrigued with things that you're saying here. Another one of our co-hosts today is is Lara, and uh, Lara has uh, has been sort of giving me the, the eye like, I would like to say something at this point in time. Lara? I very often give you the eye. Number of <laughs> results in anything at all. I'm very impressed. Thank you for that, Hilmer. <laughs> Hilmer, I find your explanations beautiful, and I... As I'm listening to, I'm wondering if you could, again, for us lay people or, or new to um, trying to understand this particular um, religion or faith, what are some of your traditions or rituals? So, ha- I guess... How do you practice it? Yeah, or, or what does it look like? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we, we, we have four main seasonal rituals, I mean, which follow on I mean, the cardinal points of the year, I mean, which are, I mean, like the summer solstice and, 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 and the winter solstice, and then instead of the equinoxes, uh, we celebrate the first day of summer in the end of April and the first day of winter in the end of October, because I mean, of our northern latitude, uh, things are a bit skewed for us. I mean, we don't really have summer or even dream of summer until the end of April. I mean, there, there's no spring. I mean, in, in March, I mean, like you have in, in continental Europe. So, I mean, this is the way we map out uh, the circle of the year, which in a way is, is a microcosmic manifestation of, of, of the cycle of life. So, I mean, we see, I mean, uh, the, the cycle of the Earth, uh, you know, in a way as a representation of the, the cycle of our life. But, mean, but do you do you get together? Do you get together weekly? Uh, we get together weekly for discussions, but, but I mean, there's, there's no. I mean, it's not, not the same as a, as a Sunday church service. Right, right. So you get together weekly to chat about things, but as far as ceremonies go, those are sort of 
they're they're um, uh, uh, I guess correlated with the seasons and the moon yeah, cycles. Uh, yeah, these are the, the four cardinal cer- ceremonies. But we have two other ceremonies, which I mean uh, are uh, in a way a winter ceremony where we, we are in the middle of winter and we feel like shit and we need something to lift us up, which is called Thorablot. But then again, in every ceremony, a, a name giving, uh, a, a marriage, a coming of age ritual, uh, a burial is actually a, what we call a bloat. I mean, that's, a bloat, that's a, yeah. B-L-O-T, yeah. right? Yes, yes. Bloat. Now, is this, um, I mean, traditionally, was this sort of an animal sacrifice thing? or No, I mean... I mean, you could say, say, say it, there was an animal sacrifice, I mean, like you have in, in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament. Yeah. But of, of course, I mean, with, with the rules and regulations, I mean, we don't sacrifice animals. I mean, we have people paid, uh, there are people who are paid for doing that for us. Mm. So, uh, and uh, anyway, I mean, it's, it's impractical. I mean, who would pay, pay my penis bills? I mean, if it would, would be slipping stuff for uh, uh, a throat of a goat or, or, or chopping the head of a chicken. I mean, it's, it's impractical. I mean, we live in, in, in the modern world and we move along with it. Well, I mean, Drew, I don't know if you mind me pursuing this for a couple more seconds. I would be happily. Uh, I would be happily. <laughs> happy. <laughs> well, so Hilmar, I, I myself used to have a farm and I myself have slaughtered goats and sheep. And I used to work as a, as a farm hand. I've, I've seen slaughter, and, and it's messy. I mean, it's yes, messy. yes, it's messy. But I'm wondering if, just just out of curiosity, are, are, would you be opposed to that that sort of thing on principle, or just because it's impractical? I'm, I'm not opposed to anything on principle. I mean, it, it's just impractical and it's illegal in Iceland. Okay. So I mean, that, that's basically it. Okay. It seems to be a, a big thing with with some uh, American and, and probably, uh, as I hear, Canadian also to that they really want to slaughter animals I and mean, <laughs> if they want to i mean i mean you might guess i don't care i mean it's not not a not a big issue for me well yeah i mean i'm i'm you know i i hope i'm not irritating you by asking that but as you say that you know the buzz around people in north america that are kind of you know trying to learn about this or even practice it and on reddit and all these places you know the, all these sorts of things are are very hotly debated and <coughs> well, discussed let me ask you this then hilmer when i i've spoken to the high priest of the church of satan a couple of times and one of the things he gets bugged about are posers you know those out there that that uh, think they're real satanists and they go off and do just ludicrous things and it drives them bonkers do you have any things that drive you nuts about people that try to practice your traditions, but they're just being goofballs about it? No, I mean, the thing is, I mean, in Iceland, I mean, we're pretty mainstream and, and, and dull and boring. I mean, there's nothing really exotic about this. <laughs> Did you say dull and boring? Yeah, d- dull and boring. <laughs> I, 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 I'm a middle-aged heterosexual father of four. I mean, yeah. I'm, there's, there's nothing really adventurous or, 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 or glamorous about me, and, uh, and I, I, I really don't care. I mean, how people practice their religion. I mean, irrespective of what the, the denomination they are. I mean, around the world. I mean, no, but you're, if you're the high thing. priest, man, you're the high priest. Are you not of this whole deal? Are you not the big cheese? No, I'm the big cheese in Iceland. <laughs> well, I mean, I, for, for the time being, and, and, and my jurisdiction is just Iceland. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to tell people on how to behave. Yeah. I mean, I'm, not even the Icelanders. I mean, everybody does their thing. 
So, yeah, so it would be fair to – so what I'm hearing you say is that for you, Asatru is, is a kind of calm, almost contemplative or meditative way of approaching life and you're, you're – uh, if you leave out the drunken orchards, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and maybe some of these North American guys are just trying way too hard and taking it way too far. I mean, there's even guys that are kind of you know trying to. Well, anyway, we won't go into all of these crazy <laughs> ideas, but there's always fringe elements. I I do have one other question for you. Just one. Well, I mean, we could go forever on this, but. So, I mean, the way you speak, Hilmar, it sounds like you're, you're very at peace with you practicing your religion and letting other people practice theirs. Is that fair to say? Yes, of course. Okay. So, so what, if, what happens if just I, – I don't want to you know, blow up this entire interview, but yes, what happens do. if – Okay, maybe I do. <laughs> but what happens if just in 50 years, 100 years, 200 years, there, there's a growing, let's just say, you know, Muslim presence in Iceland who is totally intolerant of Asatru? Just like Christianity was a thousand years ago. Christianity, you know, beat Asatru a thousand years ago. Now you're resurrecting it. What if a new religion, it could be Islam or something else, comes in? Do you fight? What do you do? Uh, we just do it to the Icelandic way, as always. I mean, things, I mean, stuff Asatru, I mean, went to him and uh, 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 it was a political decision because all our markets were, were being closed down because nobody wanted to do trade with the pagans. So, I mean, we had this decision, I mean, made in the year 1999 or the year 1000, scholars don't agree on, on, on the exact date, that we, we could become Christian, but we could practice in secret. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, we've been practicing in secret, I mean, even if we did it for hundreds of years as a literary tradition, it's always been with us, and it hasn't gone away, and I don't think it will go away. It, it's so much part of our culture and ha- so much part of the environment that it's almost going to be there in one form or the other. Mm. So, and I mean, we, we were always bad Christians. I mean, Icelanders have been, been terrible Christians. I mean, even during Catholic times, all the bishops were married. I mean, they had concubines, uh, the priests <laughs> married, and wow. they had countless children. So, I mean, <laughs> telling Icelanders how to behave, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty bad thing. It, it never works. <laughs> So, so even if a new intolerant force appeared in Iceland in the next century or two, you would people would still just practice Asatru in secret or quietly. Is that what you're saying? I, I, no, I don't, I don't think an intolerant force would ever get gained foothold here. Uh, it, it's, 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 no, it's not going to happen. Okay. Are, what's the pre- judging from from I mean, our history and, 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 and the national character and the national stubbornness? It's not going to happen. I, mean, okay. I, I know what you're implying, but, but it's not going to happen. Um, so I went over to Iona, and, and while I was there, people were saying that the the reason this place was created was because um, the Vikings were raping and pillaging and and uh, and conquering, and the places that they would go to because um, they had cash and, and and gold and jewels and things like that were were the churches. And so um, Christianity, in order to escape the Vikings came uh, over to the Hebrides, the islands there on the west coast of Scotland, and they received permission to build this sort of hidden monastery called Iona. So there's, there hasn't been a really great tradition of Christians and, and Norsemen, uh, you know, the Viking whole thing. And then, and then Christianity came on to your people and said, all right, enough of whatever you, the pagan stuff you're doing, let's get into Jesus. And that didn't go over real well either. Um, so I guess all of that is to say, how do you feel about Jesus? 
Well, Tal, you have just spoken to someone you think thought was really cool. Do you still think they're cool? Well, sure. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was curious. I'm I, this has been a fascinating conversation. And to me, you know, look, I, I've been doing this show for 12 years, and I have I used to get in a lot of trouble at the beginning because I, was, I would interview people from other faith systems or faith groups uh, here on this, on this Christian radio station. And my pushback was simply, I don't want to read a book that a Christian wrote about another faith. I want to speak to someone in that faith to understand that faith. And so that's that's really what this is all about today, and it and it is a pleasure. It was a real pleasure having you on our show. Do you ever come to Canada? Yes, I've, I've been to Canada once. I, I worked on, on on this Canadian stuff. I done the English film called Beowulf and Grendel, which is actually about I mean, the meeting of Christianity and paganism. Mm. and directed by this Icelandic Canadian uh, director called Stefan Gunnarsson. And uh, it was, was a great experience, and I'm probably coming to come to do a, a concert next year. Cool. Because I'm a, in my other life, I, I am a composer. Did you know that, Tal? I did know that, and I, I saw the stuff you did with Sigurós, the Icelandic yes. band. Yeah, so that's cool. If people want to go check that out on YouTube. Listen, can you finish this this interview with a bit of a ode to Odin or something? Some kind of a saying that you might say in, in, in or reciting poetry in, in, invoking the name of Thor or something like that do you have a saying or a thing or a prayer or something I, I can recite you the, the first uh, verse of Wernesbaugh which is, is the, the, the Sippel's Prophecy which is the, the first poem in in, in the Cotus Reikius which is the book that preserved most of the poetry it goes like this well done. Round of applause for Hilmer on the Drew Marshall Show. Listen, that was a, a real treat. Thank you very much. So good to chat with you, Hilmer. Thank you. Yeah, thanks again. Okay. Best Thank you so much. Have a good, good, good weekend and a happy solstice. Thank you, sir. You Thank you very much. Yeah. Folks, a very short break. We'll be right back. Sick of your pastor, minister, rabbi, or imam preaching every single weekend? Want to get rid of them? Then it's time to give them the Cranberry Village experience. Look, we all know they deserve to get away from you for the weekend, but you need to give us the inside scoop. So to nominate your pastor and their spouse to win an $1,800 weekend away at Cranberry Village, simply go to drewmarshall.ca and click on the man being thrown from a cliff. Then fill out the form and explain why you want to get rid of your pastor. Then on July 25th, we'll randomly draw the winner, which means that the more individual submissions from your church 
church, the greater chance of your pastor winning this. A getaway for two at Cranberry Village, which includes a two-night stay at the Living Water Resort in a one-bedroom condo. A round of golf for two with a lesson from the golf pro. Spa session for two. Dining for two at Memories Restaurant or Agua Tapas and Wine Bar. Bicycle rentals and boating for two. This prize package is valued at over $1,800. But wait, there's more. We'll also read the top 12 stories during our shows in July. You know, the stories that made us laugh, cry, or stand in awe of your pastor. Then we'll randomly draw from these 12 stories on July 25th and the winner with one of the best reasons to get rid of their pastor will win this. A getaway for two at Cranberry Village, which includes a one-night stay at the Living Water Resort, deluxe room, plus one of the following. A round of golf with cart for two, a spa session for two, outdoor bicycle and marina experience, or dining for two at Memories Restaurant and Agua Tapas and Wine Bar. This prize package is valued at over $500. Let's be honest, it really is time to get rid of your pastor for a weekend. For more information, go to drewmarshall.ca and click on the man being thrown from a cliff. Remember, the more individual submissions from your church, the greater chance of your pastor winning an $1,800 weekend getaway at Cranberry Village in Collingwood. Submissions will be accepted until June 30th, 2015. One submission per person.